the most successful people in life are the people who have figured out how to learn from their failures. This is the Fuel Your Life podcast where we help you find, unleash, elevate your leadership in order to create a loving, impactful, freeing energy within you and around you. And now for your host, John Troutman and Charles Draper. Here we are back with the Fuel Your Life podcast. I am your host, John Troutman, alongside Charles Draper. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Dude, awesome. This is fun. It's fun. We've already had like a probably 30 minute conversation almost. It's been awesome that I wish we would have recorded. So um, here we are. Here we are. Well, and, but, and you, you have a new little one now, right? I do. I do. As of right now, this is recording on December 28th. That's right. So December 16th, we had our third son born, Coulter Mac Troutman. So it's pretty awesome. Um, he was seven pounds, 13 ounces. So for us, we are not the biggest of people. He's quite, quite the, the baby. So, but he's been awesome so far. And our boys just love having him around. It's been, it's been great. Yeah. I was going to ask you how, how the boys are adjusting to it. If there's any jealousy or they're, oh. they're just ready. Our, our oldest has been fantastic. I mean, he absolutely loves him. Um, he'll come up and just start talking to him. Our middle is still up in the air. He mostly loves him, but he's definitely feeling a little less attention. You know, he's already kind of been used to that, but I think having his mom so invested in another kid has been a little bit of a, yeah, he's getting used to it. So he's doing well, but it's, it's an adjustment. Yeah, well, that middle one, they're definitely the interesting one sometimes. Uh, I think Hadley told uh, Betsy whenever we had our third one, hey, can you put her back? Uh, <laughs> we're like, no, I don't think that's how that works. But, yeah. yeah it, it'll be fun. You know, you see those Instagram reels and stuff about like the kids and they'll order, you know, first, second and third kid. And it was like overnight, our middle one became the middle child. It's been kind of funny, actually. Um, he's always been, you know, a little bit more the younger child, but overnight he became the middle child as a three-year-old. So yeah. it's been fun. Fun stuff, man. Well, but, that's exciting yeah. news. Uh, did y'all have a good Christmas, Mary? Well, obviously you did. You, got, you have a new one, but uh, yeah, uh, great you, present. Christmas yeah. went well for you guys. Everything. Yeah, it was great. We got to spend some time with my family and with Amber's family, and both were great. The baby was great. Um, so it was one of those things we didn't know we'd get to do, and we got to do it. And that's what, honestly, that's what Christmas is about. It's my favorite part is just being with family. So it was a good time, a good time. What about y'all? Yeah, it was good. Got to spend some time with family as well. Um so just just a, a great time of the year for us. We get some time off from work. Um, so actually enjoying nice. this week. I know I'm in the office today, but it's just to record this. But um, after this, I'm going to go home and uh, I don't plan to come back. Uh, so taking That's off awesome. until next week and um, we don't have any plans, which is the other great thing about it. We have not busied our schedule. So we're just enjoying life. What a gift. Well, yeah, it is. But, um, <laughs> in some ways, I know what yeah, you mean. it really is. Very rarely do we hit that. Do we ever get in a space like that? So, I mean, we have some basketball practice and stuff like that that we got to hit. But um, other than that, like we're we're just rolling, man. Mm. So, sickness has hit our home off and on, so nobody can be healthy at one time. That's kind of where we're at. 
if somebody if, if everybody's ever healthy at one time, we're probably just gonna uh, stop everything and just sit in it for a bit. But um, so, anyways, but that's fun too. We're just kind of passing sickness around and um, just enjoying life. Yep, it's what it's about sometimes. Parenting process. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's dive in. So you've told me, you've shared with me. You sat down, you finally laid out your mission and vision with your family and some core values. So tell me a little bit about that, about the process. How's it going? Well, um, so yeah, we were sitting around the house a couple nights ago, actually on the 26th, I guess that would be exactly two nights ago. And I know because I have it dated here. Um, and after supper, um, we were all sitting around and I'm not going to say everybody was happier in the best of moods, but I was like, Hey, we're going to call a family meeting. Um, and uh, so everybody came in the living room and I said, Hey, we're going to work on our mission statement and family values. And my wife didn't, she, I've talked about it. So I didn't just completely blindside her, but um, I just thought we're going to go ahead and do this. Now there's some fussing, some complaining. I thought, you know, we're going to be at home over the next week um, hanging out. So we're just going to go and set some, some of these things, right. Um, and so we just jumped in. So I share that to say, like, it wasn't super planned. And uh, we just kind of jumped into it and um, started processing it. We were in the living room and uh, to get everybody to focus was super hard. So then we all moved into the dining room. Everybody was at their yeah. chairs. And, and uh, my wife kind of laughed at me. She's like, well, this is formal now. Um, but it really wasn't because we had our our, uh, our two-year-old crawling across the table. We had our three year our six-year-old that was bouncing back and forth. So, um, but no, man, it, it was a pretty sweet process. Um, we yeah. started with our family mission statement and, uh, and really where I started was, Hey, like what words or phrases do we say a lot in our family and mean a lot to us? Mm. And so I literally took out, took out just a small sheet of paper and just started jotting down things. Um, like, you know, uh, God, church, uh, be kind, um, never give up, uh, just anything that came to mind, uh, things that were important to us or that we say a lot. So we probably filled up a whole front and back of a sheet of it. And um, and so then we jumped into the mission statement. So how do we put these things together to say, like, what are we about as a family? Uh, so we pulled out some key phrases and things and uh, started to wordsmith it and um, wrote it out and then and then kind of rewrote it and took some words out and changed some words. And, and at the end of like, as we started getting through the process, I'd stop periodically and say like, are, are we all on board with this? And I mean, we would go around the table and like my, my, um, my middle child Hadley, she'd have to give us a thumbs up or say, yeah, I agree with it. Evelyn would have to, my wife Betsy would have to, I'd have to. And then Elizabeth, she's just oblivious because she's two. Um, <laughs> we didn't really ask her much, but she was still there. Um, so just my, my goal was that throughout the whole process that everybody invested in it and that everybody knew that their thoughts and uh, the things that they wanted to say about it uh, was just as valuable as anybody else's. Um, mm. So, yeah, so um, it was a pretty neat process. So our family mission statement that we landed on is this. It, uh, as a family, we will honor God in everything we do, pray, love, be kind, work hard and enjoy life. Um, and, uh, 
And that's what we landed on. It was wordier. We had more things in there. Once we got into our family values, which are kind of the core values, we call them family values, um, we kind of took some wording out of our mission statement because we thought those were more family values than things that needed to be in our mission statement. So then we, yeah. so then we went to family values, and we started going through the words that we didn't use in our mission statement and started saying, like, what are we about? Like, what are the things that we know we have to do and our non-negotiables. And so that was interesting too. Like we started with like a list of 12 and we kind of combined some and whittled them down to about seven, but it took a little bit of time um, and kind of the same thing. So, you know, once we got kind of, I think we got them down to 10 and I said, can we all live with these? Like, are these all family values rules that we can live by? Everybody's like, yep, we all agree with it. And then, and then we listed them in order of importance. So oh, like, cool what's our, what's our top thing? Like, let's, let's, let's label one. So then we went down through them and we went around the table, started with, with my middle child. And I said, uh, all right, Hadley, which one do you think should be number one? Evelyn, which one do you think should be number one? Betsy, my <laughs> wife, which one do you think should be number one? This one I think should be number one. So we, we went down through and marked them up and had some great discussion around like, I don't know if that's number one or not. And really kind of went back and forth on them. Um, but mm-hmm. the thing was majority one. Um, so, uh, I felt bad for Evelyn, my oldest, because there was a couple of times where she was not the majority and she was like, nobody's listening to me. I was like, no, we are listening, but it's just not majority. So, um, yeah. So then we worked down through those and, uh, we actually started combining a few in the 10, uh, combined into seven. So we have mm-hmm. seven, seven family values, you know, seven's the number of completion. I know. I explained yeah. that to my kiddos. Yeah. I said, I said, seven's a neat number whenever you're talking about uh, biblical terms and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so yes. So our family values are the first one: uh, spend time in God's Word and obey His Word. Mm. Um, and that was uh, unanimous across the table, starting with Hadley. Um, like it's, it's pretty neat to see that. Like my, my yeah. kids were like, "Hey, this has to be one." Um, listen. Uh, five, work hard, never give up. Six, have fun. And seven, clean up after yourself. So it's a good one. Actually. My wife was pretty adamant about that one, and uh, and we we all agreed that it needed to be in there. We just we weren't quite sure where that that one landed, but um, yep. yeah, man. So this is, I mean, this is literally once we got it all put together, kind of what what we wrote it on and what it looked like. Um, Hadley wrote everybody's name down here at the bottom. Cause she thought it would be super important uh, for everybody to have their names on it. So uh, don't everybody worry. signed it. Uh, well, she signed it for everybody, well, um, but it counts, but we did this and then we, we prayed over it and um, just committed it to this, what we're going to do. I think my wife's working on something to put it on the wall at some mm. point, we'll frame it, put it up in the house and then um, we'll keep going back to it. How sweet. How sweet. Cool. So you've, you've laid it out now. How do you see this working or how do you hope that this works in your home um, to just help, you know, kind of keep coming back to it? Well, it's, it's pretty neat because immediately after this happened, um, some things went sideways and we said, hey, what do we just talk about? Like, is that being kind um, or, or treating others the way you want to be treated? You know, like, what does that look like? Uh, you know, so we actually, we created the language Mm -hmm. to use and now we're using that. So, um, you know, 
Um, it's been pretty cool, actually. I, I thought, you know, oh, we're going to get through this and what's it going to mean to the kids? But like I told them, like, this is for y'all to hold us accountable too. Mm. You know, like it's not just for us to, to – it's not just your rules. It's our rules. Like mom and dad has to follow these as well. So, like, you know, th- there'll be times where they're like, um, hey, dad, did you clean up after yourself? Like you left your cup in the living room. I'm like, no, nah, I got to go get that, right? Like it's it's just – you know, there's um, so even just over the past couple of days, like we've seen it in action. And uh, we went out yesterday um, out around town and uh, Betsy commented like, man, everybody's being really good. And um, I don't know if it's because because of, of these things we put in place, but I'd like to think it is. And she made that comment, too. I said, well, you know, we've really put pen to paper to what we're going to do and what we're going to be, mm-hmm. be about. And um, so it's been pretty neat. It's been cool. It's just been th- this is now becoming our language. Um, yep. more consistently around our home and, and what we're focused on. So, um, I don't know. Dude, how, I mean, it's so, what you just said is so significant. And I, I just want to reiterate, I think often the reason that we simply miss over and over and over again, we make the same mistake over and over and over again, um, which is the definition of insanity. Who was it that said that? It's a quote. I don't know. We're not worried about that. Anyways. Um, but the reason is, it's because we're just not putting what pen to paper. Like you said, it's just simply clarifying. Wait, no, this is what we stand for. This is what we're about. Whether that's an organization or a family or personal, it doesn't matter when you just put down that little bit and then you revisit it and you make it that significant where you're going to come back to it over and over and over again. And that's hard to do. Like I've even, I've struggled with, I've put it down and I did it in a place where my wife was you know, eight months pregnant. Like it was me putting it down on paper. This is what matters to me. We're going to revisit that once we create a little space in our family after having a newborn, just to make sure we are all on board for it. But now that I put it down, it's okay. How often are we revisiting it? And, it, you know, to do that on a consistent basis to where you are creating the language because once you have that language, I'm going to go, I'm just going to say this real quick. So, but, you know, people make fun of the Christianese language, which we do in the world, in the church world, we have such language that if you are not part of the church and you show up to a church, we're going to say things that you just don't understand for a while. Eventually you'll start picking up on it, but for a while you don't understand. And in some ways I hate that. Like, you know, we want to create language that's inclusive where people can really understand what we're saying. And at the same time, I don't hate that. And the same with your family love, like within your family, you should have a language that y'all understand. And you do have a language that y'all understand that people on the outside don't understand within CCF, our organization, our campus ministry. We have a language that when you're on the inside, you understand when you're not on the inside, you feel a little bit like you're on the outside. And it's a challenge for us because we want you to feel like you're on the inside, but we're still going to have that language that defines who we are. Anyways, I'll, I'll digress a little bit, but I love sure. like what you're talking about is, is absolutely essential for a family, just as much for an organization to have that language that really defines who you are. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, and I'll just say thank you to you, John. Um, you've challenged me to do this. And um, and I don't know that I ever would have done this if you wouldn't have kind of brought this up and brought this to the forefront of my mind. So um, so thank you. 
Um, I'll also say I about fell in the same thing that trap you did was I about did it myself and then presented it to mm-hmm. the family. But then, you know, I remember our conversation that you had, uh, I think you mentioned it several times this time, a couple podcasts ago, you know, you created that. And then the Amber was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I, didn't, I wasn't part of it. So like for me, like I'll just stress like the importance of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care how young your kids are. I know Elizabeth being too, but like if you have a kindergartner, a first grader, second, I don't, I don't care. Like have them be part of this because like not only this, like this is our commitment now. Mm-hmm. Like it, and that's what I think where we fail, like in this world right now, like we don't want to be committed to anything. And so like teaching your kids, teaching your family, like what are we going to be committed to? And then let's do it. And I do think mm-hmm. articulating and, and putting pen to paper kind of cements it right like like you know i know we're all going digital with our banking and all that kind of stuff but think about the checks like you couldn't you couldn't put a check in your bank account till you sign the back of that check and it signals mm-hmm. i see this i'm putting it in i you know you couldn't do it either till the person that wrote you the check put their put their name on it there's something to be said by putting pen to paper um i think and um so i don't know i just I, thank you for the challenge and um I'm excited about this. I would say as we get into the new year, it's just a couple of days away. Um, I cannot stand new year's resolutions, but I would say if you don't do anything for the new year, um, like make a family mission and family values or core values and don't overcomplicate it. Like right. this is not, these things aren't like crazy, but it's what we stand for. And, um, and start with just by saying like, what's important to our family, what's some words, what's some values and just keep it simple. Um, so I'm excited, man. Like I, I can't wait to see where this goes. And like, I hope to like through this, like I'm thinking forward to like that. My girls, whenever they get a family, will be like, Hey, like tell their husband, like, Hey, like we got to sit down and come up with a mission statement and family values. Cause that's just, that's what we that's what we do. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like I just yeah. I hope I'm kind of building that um that road, yeah. that path. So yeah. Uh, I mean I we'll go into the New Year's resolutions here in a second. But I just want to say, even working with college students, one of my hopes is that my my kids will get to college if they decide to go to college. It's up to them. But my kids will get to college and they'll be like, you know what? Let me define who I am. Again, let me let me build off the foundation that um, we built as a family. I have that foundation. Now I'm somewhat stepping out on my own so I can use that foundation. But let me get a little bit more clear about what matters to me and be a little bit more specific. I um, I'll just share this because I think this is such valuable as you think about your parenting, if you're talking about parenting. But my dad my dad was an awesome dad, but my, I mean, I could always critique my parents. You know, every, every kid gets to a point where they see the flaws in their parents. I don't care how good of a parent you are. Your kid is going to get to a point where they're going to see the flaws that you had because they they're there. And so I remember walking through a little bit of this period in college of like, man, you know, there were some things my dad didn't do that I wish he would have done. And then I started thinking about, you know, he didn't have that great of a dad example. He didn't really, his dad wasn't there. He had a stepdad, which was, you know, a decent example, but not as good of an example as, you know, I would hope. And my dad was an amazing dad. 
considering the examples yeah. he had. Absolutely amazing. And when I realized that, it was like, okay, now I have an awesome foundation to set up on. Like there is so much that my dad did that I want to sit and, and build the rest of my foundation on. And I want my kids to say, okay, I have even a stronger foundation because there's two generations now of really great dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's generation. I mean, we talked about a legacy a few, few episodes ago, but that's generational thinking. That's what God invites us into actually is to think generationally. We can look back and say, okay, here's the foundations we have. Now let's build and build better. And when we build the goodness that God brings, when we build it out of love, then that's going to have such a significant, um, stronger foundation, significantly stronger foundation than all the things that, you know, we struggle, the, the things that are flaws, if you will. Um, yeah. Anyways, so this is this is awesome. No, that so <clears throat> it just it made me think of something. So like it's so true, like and, and I think of um, I've been reading in Genesis lately. Um, so like you have. Um, Abraham and and Sarah, right? So like our kids are watching everything we do and they hear our stories and what's happened. Um, And, you know, you look at Isaac and how the Lord blessed him, but he also had Abraham as his example, right? Like Abraham, I mean, what an example of a dad to follow. But I'll also say this, you know, Abraham he went and they went to towns or, or cities. And uh, once again, uh, I'm not getting too caught up in the details and specifics, but like he went in into towns and he said that his wife was a sister and lied because he was fearful that she was so beautiful that, um, that other people would, uh, they would try to take her or they would imprison him, and take her. So he lied. Right. Well, Isaac did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, not only will we catch the good, but we'll catch the not so good as well. So mm-hmm. I I was reminded of that in my readings over the past couple of weeks because it's so true. Like, like Abraham was such a godly man, but Isaac did catch some of the sin, some of the things that weren't so good about his father. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my wife talk a lot whenever we see our kids doing things and saying things. We're like, well, that was... That was caught, not taught. Um, and we use that phrase <laughs> a lot. Like, you know, uh, yep. our yeah, kids yeah. are going to catch a lot of things we do. We might not teach them to them, but they're going to catch the things we say, how we interact, how we respond. And they're going to catch those things. I was sitting there watching my youngest. Our, our girls, they're, they're girls, right? So they all got baby dolls. Um, uh, and so our youngest was sitting there the other night, man, and uh, was getting on to her baby. I mean, getting after it, like <laughs> popping her and getting on to her. I look at my wife and said, hmm, I wonder if that's been modeled. Um, and, and so, but like, there's nothing more convicting than to see your kid talking to their baby the way you talk to them. And it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, I, that's caught. That's not taught. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just kind of building on what you just said. Like, yeah, like like we do. We leave, we leave that lasting imprint on our kids, um, yep. whether it's for the good or the bad or um, whether it's, unintentional they're seeing everything we do um mm-hmm. so. yeah. and i i love that you bring up abraham and isaac because there's that example i think there might even be a couple examples of that exact thing and isaac struggling with that but there's also an example where isaac redeems abraham's behavior 
specifically when it comes to wells, you can go look that up in Genesis and, and compare the two stories about wells with Abraham and Isaac, because you see Abraham struggle and you see Isaac kind of redeem Abraham's attitude, um, which is, which is pretty awesome. Anyways. So we have that opportunity. We have the opportunity to redeem the struggles, redeem the flaws, redeem the sins that we've seen from our parents, but that starts with understanding what it is. Right. And we have the opportunity to repeat and it starts with, you know, the redemption process starts with the understanding. There's no other way to redeem it. It's not going to happen accidentally, you know? Um, Anyways, how, how rich. Good conversation. All right. We talked about new year's resolutions though, and we're coming up on new year's. So you said you hate New Year's resolutions. Why do you hate New Year's resolutions? Well, I think you also mentioned that to me earlier. So I'm going to let you talk about it, John. So I'm going to throw it back at you and then uh, maybe I'll rebuttal or add too. So um, so, so I'm going to let you take this away. Why why do you not like them, John? Um, Or do you like them? And what's your thoughts on them? Okay. So here's here's the main reason. Uh, One, they're just ineffective. Totally ineffective. And I don't know if this is cultural or if there's a couple other pieces in this, but I have yet to ever set a New Year's resolution and actually follow through with it past. I mean, I doubt I've ever made it to February, if I'm honest. Um, But even past like mid-January, it's just and gyms love January because they make a lot of money and then they never have to do anything for it, basically. Um, and that, so we know they're all ineffective. That That's not a surprise. The question is why that baffles me. And what I think is there's a couple different reasons. One, we have this idea of what we want, but we don't really want it. Um, two, we want, we think too big in the changes we want to make. So we think too long-term. The reality is we have this year that's set up in 365 days that we can think about a year, but to remain consistent throughout a year is actually too long of a period for us to keep that vision, to keep that, that idea mm-hmm. going. Um, the other is too drastic of changes. We're, we're trying to make things happen in too big of stages at one point. Um, I, this has been proven over and over again in, in neuroscience and just our brain is so conditioned to comfort. So, so conditioned to what it understands that when we're trying to make these changes, we're trying to change big things instead of small things. And so we're trying to go from working out 0% to working out every day. You know, that's a hyperbole, but we're trying to go from eating a diet that's comfortable to eating keto, you know, something along those lines. They're just big changes instead of thinking through, okay, what's one small change I can make that you could actually stick with. And so I think we need to change our mindset around new year's resolutions more than anything. And stop calling them resolutions as much as like, how do we just, what are some small changes or even small areas to focus on instead of like these big, massive changes where we're trying to put every piece of life into place all at once that's hard for me to even say because I think in big changes as well. Like I, I all the time I'm like, yeah, I'll do this, 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 and this. And it's like, that's not going to work. What's one thing I could do. 
Um, and that's the hardest thing for me to sit here and say is I don't have to do all of this at once. I can do one piece at a time. What's one small shift I can make? Yeah. So, no, I mean, that, that's good. I mean, I agree with you hundred um, percent. New Year's resolutions. I think it's, um, I, I think we like to be fooled into thinking we can fix things quickly. Um, and anything worth changing or that needs fixing takes time. I think mm-hmm. um, I also think our society markets it well because they want to make money. And, and I think, I believe it's become a marketing scheme in some ways um, because somebody's making money off of it, get rich. And so why not keep it going and make it look like something um, that everybody needs and ought to do. Um, you mentioned the gyms, you mentioned all these uh, health food fads or, I mean, there's a number of things, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a pill you can take to lose all this weight, like whatever, right? Like there's all kinds of things. But um, but no, I'm right there with you, man. I, I think to play the long game in life, you got to build habits. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly what you were talking about. Like, you know, you got to build habits. So um, I think instead of these big New Year's resolutions, you know, pick pick two habits you want to start doing that's going to make you better. Um, pick two habits. And, and what does that look like? And don't make them super big. Uh, whenever I started working out again after I in college, I stayed active all the time. But once I kind of got, you know, into the, the dad phase and kids and got lazy, like, you know, I didn't just start running three miles. Like I just started getting up early in the morning and started walking. Mm-hmm. that like that turned into when well, I'm going to jog a little bit and now I'm going to run a little bit now. So like, I think you got to start small. Um, I do think we, these new year's resolutions, they get pretty big to start with and then they're not attainable. Um, mm-hmm. So, cause a lot of it's a lifestyle change. It's uh, you know, in order to be healthy um, there's not a pill that's going to fix it um, because then there's other things that in your body that don't work the way they need to, or, you know, don't metabolize the way they need to. Um, you really got to change your lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I really like, I agree with you hundred percent. I think uh, two habits, like what are the, I think if you want to do something, what are two habits you can change, make them small, um, make them something that you can easily do. Um, even if it's once a week and then try to build on those habits during the year and then don't yeah. stop. Like you don't just stop at a point and like, it's something that you're constantly working towards. Um, Yep. Yeah. And I, I want to go a step deeper because I think the struggle with habits is that we're, we're constantly like, yeah, OK, I'll start this new habit. My new habit will be working out. And then what happens is you're forgetting or life, your, your normal routine is taking over. And so when you're thinking about these habits, like actually mine for the new year, uh, and this is not for the new year, actually, this is for me. Um but I work out pretty consistently, but I want to start working out first thing in the morning because it makes me wake up. Like, and I, I realize when I do that and I commit to that. So, okay, I'm going to do that. And building that, I have to get up and actually have some sort of cue to remind me like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. So whatever that is, it could be something small as having your tennis shoes at the door. Like this is what I'm doing. Um, or writing it down on a piece of paper. Oh, yeah, this is what this is the first thing I'm going to do. Um, but you have to have a cue in order to create the routine. Now, often you already have a cue, whatever that is, and you just want to adapt. I think of food. 
um, especially coming off the holidays, you've probably been eating sweets. I've been eating sweets like every day for the last two weeks now. You know, it's uh, me too. <laughs> it's holiday <laughs> season. That, you know? Like I've I've got nothing against that. Enjoy the holidays, but now it's time to say, okay, uh, this is not the way I normally want to eat on a day to day basis. Well, I want to in some ways, but this is not what me at my best self is not eating sweets every day. Okay, fine. So the cue is I walk into the kitchen and the food's right there. Like I'm, I'm reaching to grab the stuff. So that cue's still going to happen. I'm still going to walk into the kitchen and expect to eat. Right. Uh, not even expect to eat. I'm going to walk into the kitchen and I'm going to start looking for it. So the routine is then go grab a sweet and grab, eat a cookie after, after, um, after dinner for me, that's my cue for dessert. Let's put it that way. I've, I've grown up that way. We had dessert all the time. I shouldn't say all the time. We actually didn't do it all the time. But as I got older, I developed that routine. And so I still have that habit. I want dessert after I eat dinner every night. I walk into the kitchen and I'm looking for dessert. So I've just changed my routine. We have a dark chocolate bar often and it'll, it satisfies just enough to eat a few pieces of dark chocolate. It's actually pretty good for you. All of a sudden, the routine's there. I'm still getting the reward. But uh, the routine's different in that it's shaping, um, it's something that's better for me and the way I want to go. And so even as you're thinking about the habits, I didn't necessarily explain that well, but when you're thinking about habits, think about the routine that you want to create. And then what's the cue that typically creates the routine that you're wanting to change? I don't know if that helps. Hopefully that helps. No, I mean, we're all routine oriented, right? We, we get used to what we do. Oh, yeah. Um, so part of habit building and, and changing habits are changing your routines. And um, sometimes you got to have a trigger. You got to have a reminder. Uh, it's like anything, you know, if I come into work and don't have a to do list, I'm probably not going to get <clears throat> the most important things done during my day. So just make you a list, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make it a priority. Um, but, you know, don't be unrealistic. Don't say I'm going to work out every day if you haven't worked out yet. Say, you know, I just want to wake up early right. and do a little bit in the mornings and then <clears throat> and then kind of build on that. So um, <clears throat> I just I think we've got to reshift some of that and just start thinking what small habits y'all want to change and then um, see where it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. An emphasis on small. I think it's so well said. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I'm, I'm doing uh, is just choosing one word to focus on for the year. I think, you know, we, we try and make all these changes, but sometimes it's just what, what, what's the one thing that you can focus on? And I asked uh, my spouse, Amber, this the other day, uh, we were talking about like, what's, what's just our word? Like, what's your word? What's my word? Um, it creates really awesome conversation to sit down, ask your spouse this, ask your kids this. Hey, what's the one word you want to focus on this year? For me, mine's courage. <clears throat> Like it's building off this past year. That's what I've needed, what I've, where I wanted to be. How can I do the hard things that are necessary for me to be the person that I want to be? Okay. If I can do that, you know, that's, that's going to be, and I want to grow in that. So my words, courage. So what's your word? What's the one word you want to focus on for the year? Just to help give you that guide. It's the same thing as a vision. It gives you the direction that you want to go and kind of gives you that focus to sustain you through the year. No, that that's good. That's, um, and, and I've heard the one word I've, I think I did that a couple of years ago. Um, <clears throat> with an F3, there's an eight block that we do. 
I've done that as well. Yeah. So I've done some different things, but um, I think this year, like for me, uh, the habit that I want to continue because I've started this, um, uh, just getting in, in the word uh, in the mornings daily. Mm. Um, and, and even if not daily, like at least three to four times a week, because um, I'm telling you over the past month or so, I've really been more consistent with that. And um, mm. you know, so even shifting that for me, like as a Christian, like, you know, not what do I want to do to make me better, but what do I want to do to serve the kingdom of God? Um, so I don't know, just like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, and you're not going to know what it looks like if you're not spending time in his word, if you're not praying, if you're not spending, uh, you know, if you don't, if you're not in relation with, um, with God in that sense. So I, I really, um, you know, I guess I just want to continue that. Um, like I said, the past month's been good with that. Um, but yeah. So what does that look like and how do we, how do we serve others well? And um, I don't know. There's so much to that, and I could ramble on, uh, but I'm not going to right now. There may be an, another time to do that. But, um, but yeah, so so think about, it. like, what is important to you, and what are you going to do to move into that space? Um, mm-hmm. You know, no matter what it, what it may look like, like, what is important to you, and are you moving that forward, and are there small habits you can do to move that forward and move into that space? Um, and then – set a goal. Um, I shared the story about my child swimming in the pool with her friend, racing, racing her friend, I think not too long ago. Like if you don't have a goal, if you don't have something to shoot for, you're never going to get there. You're just going to be wandering aimlessly. Um, so set a goal and, and get after it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you at the end of the year, um, this is something I, I really often just, just overlook. Um, but man, it's so significant to take some time and just look backwards for a while. Hmm. Look backwards, see where you've gone. The good. I mean, I, I really encourage you write out three or four big wins from this past year. That's good. Um, just, just to make that clarity to see that you're moving in a direction because you are moving in a direction. There's no doubt about it. It's just whether you've clarified that direction, you're moving in a direction. And then write out maybe two or three big failures from the year with the attitude that you can learn from those. Um, I, I, I do think the most successful people in life, whatever you, you're doing, if you're successful and you're living the life you want to live, the most successful people in life are the people who have figured out how to learn from their failures 100% of the time. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, I would even say just as you move into these next few days, well, this will probably be a little bit after New Year's by the time it's actually published. But as you start the new year, take some time to look backwards and ask, you know, what are, what are the three, four wins that you've had from this past year? They don't have to be anything significant. My biggest win, we had a new baby boy born to our family. Huge win. How awesome is that yep. to have the gift of life added to our family? All right. So just, you know, simple things like that. And then look at some failures. They don't have to be big. They could be big. It doesn't matter. But look at the failures and be able to learn and grow from that. And that will, I think, clarify your year of, of even just where you want to focus this year um, in terms of your development, your family development, your organizational development, whatever it is. If you're going to develop, it starts by looking back and seeing where you've come. Yeah, 
That, I mean, that's good. Reflect back. That's something that I probably have never done a great job of doing. Um, but maybe that's something we'll I'll dial in over the next couple of weeks and see where that goes. Um, because Me it's too. definitely, definitely, um, definitely, definitely powerful, right? I mean, reflect back. Yep, it's good. Now I've got to do it because I said it. So. Yeah, you and the the mission and uh, values you got to do too. Uh, once once y'all get in the space to do that, but you may never get in the space. Yeah. So you might just have to do it. <laughs> well, we will. I, I'm giving my wife a few months on that one. She's uh she's got to figure out how to get some sleep. That's a number one priority right now. Yeah. So, well, you, but we you will are, revisit that for sure. You are a smart man. So uh, yeah. Oh, well, I've learned after two kids, you can't just sit here and say like, "Why are you? Why? What's the big deal? You've got three hours of sleep. I don't understand." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, don't ever say that to your wife. No, don't. Uh, yeah. Well, good deal, man. Well, hey, it's been another good one. It's been a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. If you uh, want to find us, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Troutman J A. Um, yeah, probably best way to reach out to me is through that. How can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, Mister C Draper. So. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, we will hopefully uh, be publishing this soon and then have another one out in the near future. So um, That's right. fun, fun. Dude, this is great. Love it. Yeah, man. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you, bud. See you.